<clears throat> All right, write this down. 25. Uh-huh. 16. Uh-huh. 7. Uh-huh. 49. Uh-huh. 22. Got it. Oh, wait, sorry. I, those are Powerball numbers. We need to do <laughs> Mega Millions, <laughs> Dang right? It. Sorry. Dang it. I hate this segment. It's terrible. <laughs> it's the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode number four. Let's warp to the regular season. Hey, everybody. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Welcome to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. We're so excited to have you. Hey, we are two lifelong fans and brothers of the Angels, and it is our goal for our fan-guided wisdom to guide the Angels to the World Series. Mike, what do you think so far? How are we doing? <laughs> Can we just pause and talk about your baseball genius in the last two <laughs> episodes? What? Whatever do you mean? Yes, yes, you heard me right. You're baseball <laughs> genius. Friends, John predicted two incredible things. One was Dylan Bundy is going to be our opening day starter. And, sure. you know, anybody could have got that one, right? That, sure. Let's just, sure. that's a gimme. That's easy. Anybody could have got it, and I got it right. That's all. The one that <laughs> you, you actually were, you blew my mind, and you spoke it into existence was... Maddie Vaskersian is going to be doing the play-by-play for the Los Angeles Angels, and that was a hope or a dream of yours. And John, I'm of the opinion that if you speak it into existence, it will happen. They are going to make a sequel to Field of Dreams, and they're going to change the phrase from if you build it, they will come to if John speaks it, it is true. That's uh, we, we're working on that right now, actually. Since last, will they week. whisper it? If John speaks it, it's true. It's, it will be true. It, it will be true. Be. We gotta work on that phrase a little bit. Yeah, that it. phrase that phrase does, that doesn't work too well. But we need something smooth, something. But here, here's the here's the point. You spoke it into existence, John. I did. I did. That was that was amazing, and I feel like I'm not contributing to the Super Halo Brothers podcast. And so I'm going to try to pick up my game in this episode. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. I, I do have a couple of things that I, I want to address. Okay. First of all. Okay. If, if John can speak it into existence, then I think that we should test that theory by asking you four questions. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. I'm Here's ready. the first question. You ready? ready? Yes. John speaks it into existence. <laughs> How many wins will the Angels have this season? John, speak it into existence. 89. John, how far will the Angels go this season? Speak it into existence. They will get to the playoffs, and they will not get past the first round. Hold on. You're speaking it into existence. This is your opportunity to actually help us to accomplish the vision of this podcast and not be in the world that I like to call reality. Oh, I need you to I'm be sorry. outside of reality. Okay. So let's okay. try Can we edit this? Can we can we do this again? We'll Who's again. our producer? Try again. <laughs> Here's the question. How far will the Angels go, John? Speak it into existence. They will take the World Series in yes. four games. Is that what you're looking for? That's exactly what trying I'm looking for. Trying to use my for, powers so- for evil. So keep keep this up. Third okay. question. Does Mike Trout win the MVP? Speak it into existence. Yeah, he's going to win the AL MVP and the NL MVP somehow. So, yes. Awesome. Keep with that theme because this is the most important <laughs> question. 
John, will I win the lottery this year? Oh, Speak see? it into existence. Using my powers for evil? <laughs> Do you want me to give you your I'm numbers? E- I'm the evil brother. Give me my numbers. All right, write this down. 25. Uh-huh. 16. Uh-huh. 7. Uh-huh. 49. Uh-huh. 22. Got it. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, those are Powerball numbers. We need to do Mega Millions, <laughs> Dang right? Dang it. Sorry. Dang it. I hate this segment. It's terrible. I can't tell you, I can't tell you which lotto to play, um, but those are your numbers, so there you go. I love the fact that we signed Matt Veskirjian, and I yeah. love that Dylan Bundy is going to be our opening day starter, and I love the fact that you are the prophet. You are the Nostradamus of the <laughs> Halo Brothers podcast. I submit to your baseball wisdom as we continue in this episode. Never thought it would happen, but... Uh, today's the day <laughs> I'm still the older brother so you must do what I say <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me you know um, Matt Vaskersian being a long shot in my book was because I mean guy's busy enough and he's so busy in fact that they're bringing in Darren Sutton to the broadcast I love booth that move. oh man and that guy loves baseball I heard him yeah. talking uh, uh, he was talking to uh, Mark and Jose on Fox Sports on Sunday, I believe, and they had a great conversation. They did talk to Maddie a little bit too, and um, Sutton just like he loves baseball, man. Being the son of Don Sutton, like just that's so cool, and to have him in the booth, and uh, you know he he jokes around that he has he wins the award for worst timing um, because he left before <laughs> the O2 season to go do yep. broadcasts with the Brewers. But uh, yeah, man, I think um, having him in the booth to tag team it with Maddie when 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 Matt Vaskersian is gone and doing national broadcasts, um, that's that's gonna that's a great move. And and to bring up Moda Jose Moda as like the third analyst role and to have him in the booth as well, talking about you know the mechanics and and whatever might be going on, he's just a wealth of knowledge, and I think that it's really cool that he's gonna be in the booth as well and of course you got gooby gooby's excited he was tweeting all about it i love mark gubaza and can i just have you throw me a bone i want to state for the record that i thought that jose moda was going to be in the booth now i didn't say maybe the 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 main play-by-play guy i just said i thought he was going to be in the booth so maybe i'm not as terrible at baseball as it's been painted (laughs) as it's been told right right (laughs) Yeah, the fact that he's going to be in there is super cool. And then I love know, that Gooby. I love Gooby because he, whenever you tweet at him, he's always got a response. I love that, John. Yep. That's great, John. Can't wait, That's John. Great, John. <laughs> he's the he's the most positive guy, and oh, I love yeah. that there's going to be a three man booth because I think that they're each going to bring a level of baseball knowledge um, to the game and for the for the viewer for the listener. And then having two really great play by play guys, I'm excited to watch baseball this year. Absolutely, and they, like Darren Sutton and Matt Vaskersian, have some buy-in with the team. Matt said that, you know, he uh, can't really show favoritism in those national games, obviously. He said sometimes when you are a national broadcaster, you kind of step on the toes of of the conversation that's happening among fans of the team. And so when you come in as a national broadcaster every every so often to talk about the angels or whoever it may be you might miss out on the on the key dialogue that's going on especially among fans and so matt's excited to have some buy-in with a team this season which is pretty cool and what's cool is the first sunday night baseball is going to be angels versus white Sox this season 
So yeah, we'll have we'll have Matt for uh, Sunday night baseball, which is pretty cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, speaking of games and getting ready for the regular season, let's do a little spring training sights and sounds. And so the three statements that we are going to go through, I'm sorry, the four statements that we are going to go through are one, one thing that caught your attention, one thing that got you excited, one thing that made you want to turn the game off, <laughs> and one thing that made you go, oh. oh. So why don't you start us with one thing that caught your attention, John? For me, it was the game where Felix... Felix Pena uh, hurt a hammy or something. He he hurt his leg, hmm. and it was immediate for him. He, like, as soon as he threw the pitch and his leg was hurting, he was like, I'm out. And the reason yeah. why that caught my attention is because I imagine that as we get deeper into this season, there's going to be a lot of injuries just because we had the short hmm. season in 2020. Some of these guys who... Uh, you know, were in the minor leagues, didn't even get a chance to pitch unless they were at the uh, the uh, player site. Um, but, you know, that's just going to be something that we need to look out for. I don't think it's your typical, like, angel's curse. Everyone needs Tommy John. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know Gerardo Reyes is already in line for yeah. TJ, but, I mean, that's to be expected, I guess. But at the same time, Felix Pena getting hurt like that um, – I think they just said it was some some hamstring irritation is what they called it, <laughs> and uh, but to me, I mean, it's to be expected. I think that we're going to see a lot of just kind of strange injuries this year, and so I think that as fans, we need to maybe you know temper our expectations and and realize that right. like these guys are still human. It's been weird. Um, it's great that they're getting a full spring training so that they can stretch out and work out. A lot of these guys have been working out over the offseason. Felix Pena has lost a ton of weight. He looks great. Yeah. Um, so I imagine um, there's going to be more of these kinds of things along the way, and not just for the Angels, but probably in all of baseball. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So how about you? I'm going to uh, actually address Alex Cobb in his last two starts. Has a combined six and two-thirds innings pitched. Mm -hmm. He struck out seven batters, and his fastball – Last year, topped out at around 92 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. In the game he pitched last week, he topped out at 94 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> and so that. he looks fantastic. Yeah. And I'm thrilled with that because he's going to be our number four, possibly our number five starter. And this guy looks super strong. And maybe it's a change of scenery. Maybe it's a redo of Dylan Bundy last year. <laughs> I, I think that there's a combination of both. And could I just say, I like Matt Wise yeah. as our pitching coach. Yeah, me too. And I know that we, he came up because of a dumb circumstance. Right. And it looks like that is going to be the case for the year, that Matt Wise is actually going to take the lead. And this could be potential a, a diamond in the rough yeah. kind of coach. Yeah. And I, I'm excited about that. And it seems like he is a laid back, throw strikes, Let's get it done. We'll figure out the other stuff later on. And he seems very relaxed. He kind of reminds me of when Bud Black was there. Mm -hmm. uh, reminds me of, of how Buddy Black would operate with the pitchers. And so you can see the benefit of Alex Cobb being around our coaching staff and being around our players and being around Matt Wise and Joe Madden. Six and two-thirds, seven Ks, hitting 94 on the gun. I love that. That's one thing that caught my attention. Yeah, we certainly love our... Uh... Our Orioles players, don't we? <laughs> we? Those former Orioles keep sending them over, right? right? We'll take them. We'll take them. 
Hey, what's one thing that got you excited, John? So there's, uh, can I cheat and do two things? Have I earned that? Yes, you have. Okay. You can say whatever you want. I can say whatever I want? <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this. No, uh, okay, so um, the first thing that got me excited uh, happened last week, and okay. it was Wednesday the 10th, and Alex Cobb was pitching, um, but it was actually, uh, I don't want to say the B team, but it wasn't our starters. It wasn't our normal starters in the lineup. But here's yeah. here's how it went down. So Renhevo gets on base. Um, Juan Ligares comes up behind him, gets a base hit, stretches it to a double, and Renhevo gets to third on this. And I've, I'm freaking loving Juan Ligares right now. But then the best thing after that was Jared Walsh comes up, hits a sack fly. Um, yeah. Renhevo runs in. Angels are already up one to nothing. And it was just like this awesome productivity coming out of the guys who, you know, not all of them are going to be starting and maybe even on the 40-man. But to see that production happen so quickly early on in the game, just a couple of hits, bringing one guy in, you take the out on the sack fly, but it was just like, I'm loving that. And again, that's kind of going back to the the kind of baseball that we're excited to see. Um, The other thing that got me excited actually happened on Tuesday. I text you and I said, hey, we're against Shane Bieber today. Going to be interesting. Yeah. Now, granted... Bieber had a seven ERA coming into today's game. It's spring training, you know, make of that what you will. Um, he's still a Cy Young winner. He's still 25 years old, um, and he's Cleveland's ace. And uh, what I liked was the fact that we were having battles with Shane Bieber. We were fouling off. We were making him pitch, and yeah. he wasn't carving us up. We weren't swinging at junk, and he is so good at getting near the zone. He is pinpoint with his pitches, and yeah. to see the Angels frustrate him, which was very clear to me, was a good indication of what this lineup can do. And and hmm. and Shohei hitting another bomb over the batter's eye against Bieber first pitch. I just I and you know what I liked, Mike, was I haven't felt this in a while. Remember the feeling you get when when somebody comes up to bat and you just know what they're going to do? I knew. Yeah. I knew Shohei was going to hit a home run today, and he hit it there first There is confidence. Pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those those are the two things that excited me. How about you? You make a point with the pitching staff, and that's why I'm really excited about the pitching staff because even though Felix Pena is going to be out for a bit, we still have a very deep pitching staff mm-hmm. that seems to actually be improving, which – that's why I want to talk about Jose Quintana because he, over his last two starts, has six innings pitched, one hit, two walks, six Ks, and only one earned run. Mm-hmm. That's a quality start. Oh, yeah. And so if he is pitching that way and Alex Cobb is pitching the way that he's pitching, both of them have pitched in two starts and have actually combined for two quality starts. And so I'm thrilled to see how well they're pitching. I'm thrilled to see how well Quintana is pitching because I, I really think that he is going to be a key to our pitching staff. He's going to be a pivotal player for that staff in helping us to win series and helping us to get on a good run. And so that that was a really, really exciting moment, something that caught my attention. Yeah, I was, uh, I was not against your idea of having Quintana start for us on opening day. I thought that was really, yeah. I thought that was a really good idea. To me, um, and for all of the reasons that you said, that would have been fine. Um, right. And having Cobb and Quintana just perform the way that they're doing. Again, small sample sizes, but, I mean, yep. we just need them to be pretty good. <laughs> we don't need them to yeah. be aces. But the thing is about 
the opening day start. To me, I think that screams goodwill and good faith for Dylan Bundy. And to me, right. that speaks to giving him an extension at some point this season. Yes. Because yeah. we're going to need to with him. Him, I mean, all, pretty much our whole rotation other than Otani and Canning will be gone next yeah. season because of the one-year deals, and, and that's fine. But you can imagine that the Angels will work very hard to bring somebody like Dylan Bundy back to the team next season. And he doesn't seem like the type of guy who uh, wants to fool around with free agency. <laughs> I think he just wants to no. play, and he wants to play for a good team. And I think if the Angels show him that sign of good faith, as they did with giving him the opening day start, I think uh, that's going to go a long way in getting him re-signed. I agree. And he seems like a very quiet sort of yeah. individual. Yeah. And so I think being in this area, being in Southern California – actually might be really, really helpful and maybe not as intimidating in as being on the East Coast and in Baltimore, near Boston, right. near U- New York. <laughs> Leave so, me alone. Let hey, me what's, pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me, please. <laughs> hey, what's one thing What's one thing that made you want to turn the game off? <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you asked this question because I actually did <laughs> turn the game off. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put it there. I wanted to know. When, when Joe Adele ran into the wall in center field oh, and just fell down – and it was just a it was just a big mess in center field. Yeah. Granted, he did yeah. hit a home run uh, on Monday off the scoreboard. So like the skills are there, yeah. right? Like just watching him yeah. play play defense, I'm like, oh, and and it all goes to show the guy just needs seasoning in AAA. Don't you want to just don't you want to just sit him down? Maybe maybe put your hands on his shoulders and say. It's all going to be okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. You're good at what you do. Right. It's all going to be okay. T- breathe with me. Say that with me. You know, like take a deep breath. Serenity now. <laughs> You're going to be okay. I just feel like he's pressing so, so much. Yeah. And I agree with you. That was that was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. And, and I mean – you're right. He's he's pressing. It's just too early. Yep. Like he 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 right. needs to be in the minor leagues. And there's no point yep. in rushing him up. Um, Agreed. And to, to kind of piggyback off of those center field struggles, Cleveland has moved Rosario to center field because they got that new shortstop in the in the deal yes. with the Mets. And that poor guy had so many errors on Tuesday. <laughs> he had a tough day. It was a tough day. He had a tough day. And <laughs> even even like even Gooby was like, you know what? You just somebody needs to. Go out there, get a get a veteran to sit him down and just say, "Hey, you know what? Shake it off. We'll move on." And, yeah. Uh, right. But I mean, you know, the the game was like ended up being seventeen to something uh, in our favor. Yeah. Um, but I just felt so bad. <laughs> I mean, it was great to get the runs, but yeah. But we'll take we'll it. Take it. <laughs> we yeah. will take it. We'll take it. The thing that made me want to turn the game off, John, was watching Patrick Sandoval pitch. Oh no. He is, I know he's a, you're a fan, and I know that he has this potential. You can see it in him. Yeah. But I just don't see him improving. In fact, Terry Smith, as he was calling the game, he even said, Sandoval has had a lot of innings like this one mm-hmm. in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like he can't throw the ball over the plate when he needs to. He starts to nibble. And then he gives up something right down the middle and somebody hits it. And you can just see how frustrated he is. And he just doesn't seem like he's improving. And so as much as I want to see him in the rotation, as much as I want to see him be one of our, our killer starters or even our middle relievers, I feel like this guy 
is like Joe Adele. He's pressing and he's pushing too hard and he needs some fine tuning in the minor leagues. But the problem is, is that you send him down to the minor leagues and he does really well. And then it comes to the point where it's like, is he just a triple A player mm. or can he actually be successful in the major leagues? And I think right now he might be even questioning that because he just doesn't seem to be improving. It just feels like when it needs to click, it doesn't click. And and so my heart breaks for him, but I'll be honest, I turned the game off <laughs> when I saw him walking and giving up hits. I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah. And so I shut it off yeah. for a while. He's got a killer slider, man. And yeah. uh, there's a stat out there that shows that he, he got more swings and misses on that slider than most guys last season. Um, yeah. And he just... That, that killer instinct is missing when it comes to yep. Sandoval. And I look at the fact he's, he's 24, 25 maybe. I think he's 24 right now. Okay. Um, I think more seasoning in, in AAA for sure this season, especially with it coming back. Um, but I also think that there might be plans to, to bring him out of the bullpen, um, which yeah. might serve him well. And, and maybe long-term he is a bullpen guy. Maybe he's a long reliever. Um, but I really think that he can be a good piece, but you're right. Like there's just so many walks and that was the key difference between Griffin Canning start last week and this week too, when Canning was, you know, not going after the zone. That's when guys were getting on. He was getting behind in a lot of counts. Um, and when he was ahead in the count, he got more swings and misses on his, on his best stuff. And so, you know, these young guys I think are still learning that killer instinct of throw strikes. I think that mantra needs to be up and down our starting rotation. It needs to be up and down our bullpen and into the minor leagues. Throw the dang strike. I agree. <laughs> Get I agree. ahead in those counts. Sandoval's 24, and so he is still young, but I think he's on that I think he's on that precipice or on the cusp of like it's gotta click at some point, bro, yeah. because you're 24 and and you got to get it together, and I think he's probably feeling the pressure. And so I think so. I, I, I feel for him, but I think he's in the Joe Adele category where he he just needs somebody to go relax. You're going to be fine. Hey, John, what's one thing that made you go oh, oh when you watched this one for me? It's it's pretty easy. Shohei hitting the two home runs in one game. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Yes, yes. He, you know he pitched against the White Sox uh, on on Saturday and um, didn't quite have the command. But the stuff is just so good, and he's getting those swings and misses. It looks really good. But I yep. mean, on the other side, that hit, hit, I just and even on Tuesday, like just one pitch from Bieber and poof, over the wall again, over the batter's eye. Right. So, um, but man, right. to get the two home runs in one game, what's hilarious is I was watching Seinfeld the other night, and it was Kramer <laughs> trying to get the signed autograph card back from the little boy who wanted Paul O'Neill to hit two home runs, and he's like, "Yes." So he asked Paul O'Neill, he's like, "I can't hit two home runs, you know." And then I'm like, "Well, Shohei did it in one game, and no, <laughs> nobody even asked him to do it for a favor; he just did it." So, I right. just man. And it's so deceiving, too. Like, Shohei, it doesn't even look like he is, like, hitting it hard. It's just, like, this free and easy swing. He even said, um, he said on the press conference after his two-home run game that he, he's like, you know, I, I didn't even think I hit it that hard. I just kind of went huh. with it. And, you know, he hit those huh. two opposite field home runs. He's hitting them the other way, and it's just insane. So, I'm excited, so strong. man. And I just, you know, I am... Uh, I need to go back to the uh, John speaks it exi- into existence well because 
I want Sh- <laughs> Shohei will be healthy the entire 2021 season. A picture of for the health. rest of his life. <laughs> uh, for the rest of yes, his life. For, for all yeah. time. Uh, for all time. <laughs> what about you? What made you go? Oh. Actually, it wasn't anything that was happening on the field. Okay. It was actually something that General Manager Perry said Perry. to Terry Smith as they were having an interview. They were talking about John Jay, who was up to bat. Mm. And I have always been a fan of John Jay, mm-hmm. even though he hasn't done much. I think it's just that that cardinal mystique yeah. that I love yeah. about John Jay. And the GM said something really interesting. He talked about team culture, team values, and team makeup. Hmm. And how John Jay has brought this swag, this vibe in with him, and it's matched Albert Pujols and how they both have really invested in the team, the young guys, as they've come up. And there's just this constant conversation about, hey, I just want you to know, I want you to pay attention to this. This team is really clicking. This team is really connecting. And I really believe that it has to do with the leadership, but I think a large component is the fact that they weren't together last year yeah. and they're actually able to see each other and have fun. And, and there there's probably a lot of gratitude totally. to be able to actually be together. Like where I work at our church, we actually took our staff out for a staff lunch today. Nice. It's the first time that we actually ate lunch together wow. as a staff yeah. out in the town at a restaurant. We sat inside. It was a beautiful <laughs> thing. And I just had a lot of gratitude. Like, I, I love this. Yeah. We get to hang out and we get to eat together. And I think that these ball players are feeling the same thing. I think that they're sensing like, man, we don't want to take this for granted. And so we're going to put our best effort forward and we're going to be really grateful for what we have this season. And so I'm really excited about team culture, about team values and about team makeup. And I don't know if John Jay is going to make the team. I'm not sure where he'll, where he will land, but I love that the GM is prioritizing that and is talking about that. And I'm noticing that in how they're playing, how they're interacting with each other and the fun that they're having. I really love that. I think that you can't discount culture. You can't discount the attitude that uh, takes place in the clubhouse. And it goes back to something you and I talked a couple episodes about uh, or a couple episodes ago about was um, the Angels missing the fire. And for me, it was Jared Weaver who brought the fire to the mound and brought like a winning attitude. And I think these guys have a winning attitude. You had a lot of guys who want to get back to who they were and do well in Quintana and Cobb and even Dexter Fowler um, and, and even Justin Upton, too. Like he's having a great spring so far and so is pools to be honest like man like it, I mean, he's he's gonna be fighting walsh for that spot <laughs> and right when when they need when they need somebody to play first base because shohei's dhing but um all of that to say i am with you in that i love hearing perry manasian talk about that like it, it really has made a change to the angels on the field and you can see it and you can see the yep. camaraderie you can see it in their the way that they're playing you can see it in the fact that like some of these guys might be struggling and then they come out the next game and and do pretty well. So yeah. There's a culture there that has been missing for a long time and I th- I'm really hoping that we have that back. And these guys are going to play their heart out in 2021 before they all go on strike in 2022 because of the CBAs. (laughs) (laughs) Are you speaking that into existence? I thought that segment was over. (laughs) That segment was over. 
Hey, you know, I know the Angels aren't the only team in the West, uh, but we have the opinion that they're only, they're the only important team in the West. But John, what if we took a moment and did what we like to call the West Watch? Ooh, you mean like the West Wing? Well, I just happen to have the exact right sound for that, Michael. Here we go. And now, Mike and John take a look at the American League West, the Los Angeles Angels, the Oakland A's, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros, and the Seattle Mariners. This is the West Watch. Oh, all right. What'd you think about that? That was beautiful. <laughs> uh, side note about the West Wing. My wife and I actually wanted to binge watch the West Wing. And so it came <laughs> out, I think, 1999, maybe 2000, something around mm-hmm. that time. And so we went back on Netflix to binge watch it, watched the first episode, and it felt so old, <laughs> so old. They were checking their pagers because something happened to the president. He had fallen down and got rushed to the hospital and they were checking their pagers because they got the 911 on it and it felt so old. And and that might be weird coming from me because I love TV shows like I Love Lucy and Andy Griffith, but there was something about the West Wing that made me go, man, I don't want to watch this anymore. This feels real, real old. Well, it's it, when you watch I Love Lucy, it's always been old, but for yes. you and I, the West Wing was... 22 years ago and it was a it was a new show at one point for us (laughs) maybe not me as much as you unbelievable (laughs) that was a low blow uh what about the west let's let's watch the west spoke it into existence (laughs) i'm sorry uh all right so hey i wanted to take a look at the oakland athletics and uh take some time to see you know what they did in the off season um what they're projected to do in 2021 and I actually spoke to my good buddy Julio. Julio is the host over at the Town Tailgate podcast. It's an all A's podcast. So if you guys uh, want to give that a listen, you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, awesome. And I'm actually going to be on their show talking about the Angels coming up soon. So gonna we're going to do a little cross promotion here. Um, I'm I excited about. So Julio, I asked him, I said, hey, as an A's fan, what should we know about the A's? And he said, even though we lost Marcus Simeon, Liam Hendricks, and Chris Davis, adding Elvis Andrews, Trevor Rosenthal, and Mitch Moreland, I think is going to keep us where we need to be. Um, At first, for a while, it seemed in the offseason that the A's hadn't done much in terms of of big gets or making moves, and it all kind of seemed to happen toward the end of the offseason, right? They, They made the trade, to uh to Texas to get Elvis Andrews and um they gave up Chris Davis in that trade and <laughs> and his 247 batting average <laughs> year year uh-huh. after year uh-huh. <laughs> but then yep. uh to 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 snag Trevor Rosenthal who had a uh, .190 ERA in 2020 he he wanted mm. a closer spot and he got his closer spot so i think that you lost Liam Hendricks but you got Trevor Rosenthal and he's a St. Louis guy. He came up um, through the St. Louis system with the cards and uh, was with the Royals for a while and then with the Padres a little bit last season as they were making that final playoff push. And I think he's going to be a really solid reliever for them. But what Julio wanted me to know was the keys to the season lie with Jesus Lazardo and A.J. Puck. 
And okay. they are the two top pitching prospects for the A's. Now, it looks like Lizardo is going to be in the rotation this season. And um, they have to wait and see with A.J. Puck because he has had some shoulder soreness coming into spring training. But he's actually making his first start on Wednesday, so it should be today. So uh, fans will be interested to see how that goes. Um, Mike Fires has uh, been dealing with some issues um, physically, so it is possible that Puck might get that spot while Fires recovers. They, they were able to bring Fires back um, on a one-year deal this season. Julio says the keys to the season are going to lie with the young starting pitching that the A's have. And, man, they just always have good young starting pitching. So I'm confident that these they're guys— They're always there. They're yep. always there, and they have an endless supply. So— and they're pesky. Yeah. They're pesky, a pesky ball team. And then, you know, they, they always end up going off of the A's to other teams and doing even greater things. You think about some of the yeah. some of the guys who are out there who came from the A's, but all that to say, the consensus for the A's is that they are going to be um, about as good as last year. It didn't look like it was going to be the case at the beginning of the offseason with all the guys who right. left, but they, they, I mean, Mitch Moreland's going to be interesting. Um, you know, his bat and probably DHing, and the A's are giving Jed Lowry a chance. Uh, he, he's, okay. he's 36. Um, he wow. was with the Mets last, uh, last two seasons and only played nine games, but I mean, he's, he's going to be back in Oakland for a third time. And, uh, you know, so they, they could use that veteran presence. Um, with with Lowry, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there with spring training. But the Pakota standings for the A's have them in third place behind the Astros and us, the Angels. Okay, at eighty three and seventy five. Now, uh, did Julio mention if Brad Pitt is still their general manager? Uh, he he didn't. Uh, he failed to comment on that, but uh, you know, I'm sure he's doing a great job. A great movie, classic. A great movie. Hey, I want to talk about the Rangers. Go the for Rangers it. actually um, have a plan to open up their stadium to full capacity. And I believe I that, that that is going to be a key to their potential success this year. I think that being able to play in front of the fans is going to be a really great thing for them. And actually, it might be um, a bit of a difficult task for teams coming in that may not have a full stadium and are not used to playing in front of fans. So I, I wonder what kind of factor that's going to play into being a visitor in Texas. And those Ranger fans are, are really strong when the team is good. Yeah. My guess and my prediction is that they're not going to be very good. <laughs> and so it, it might not feel like a full stadium. Uh, of course, uh, Odor is still with the team and he has been a longtime player there, but he's coming off the worst season mm. of his career. And so I'm sure a bounce back season and being able to play more than 60 games is going to be a great opportunity for Odor. Uh, they did pick up Chris Davis. So that's where Chris Davis did land yeah. from the Oakland athletics. That's going to be great. For and him in Texas. hitting, hitting in Texas is always easier. It seems yeah. than anywhere else. And I've heard, and I've heard stats, read stats, commentators people have talked about baseball they say that hitting in Oakland can be very difficult yeah. because of the wide foul lines and a lot of space in Texas man there just seems to be this this streamline home run moment for a lot of players there <laughs> Albert Pujols has experienced right, that right and I think that Chris Davis is going to be 
a beneficiary of being able to be there. And perhaps he hits 247, but ends up hitting 40 to 45 home runs yeah. next year. And this will be, this will be the is. first time, uh, other than the playoffs in the World Series, that fans get to be in the new stadium in That's Texas. Right. So yep. that'll be, that'll yep. be great for them too. Yeah. I'm going to read to you the, the starting five, John. Okay. And I, and I'm, I want to, I want your reaction to the total five. All right. Let me know if these names ring a bell once I read them to you. All right. <laughs> okay. So Kyle Gibson, Dwayne Dunning, Mike Fultonavich, huh. Kohei Ariahura, and Kyle Cody. Okay. I, Any of them ring a bell? Uh, I, Any of them catch your attention? I know uh, Uihara and I okay. know uh, Kyle Gibson. Okay. These guys are almost like a piecemeal starting rotation. Some of them actually have a lot of potential, but in looking at their numbers and predictions for this year, I'm of the opinion that the Rangers will be last in the AOS based upon the team that they've put together this year. Interesting. Yeah. How about those Astros, John? Your favorite team. (laughs) Hold on. One second. I got to do this. If I'm going to do it right. (laughs) No, that doesn't work. Was that was that a curveball coming? I, I wasn't sure what that was. I think they're going to struggle this year, John, because I heard they banned all garbage cans in uh, Astro Stadium in Houston this year. So I, you know, they don't know what kind of pitch is going to come at them or not. Oh man! Well, okay. So I, I did I did uh, willingly spend some time with uh, the Astros. I put some effort into it. I put some effort into it, um, but I mean. You mentioned this with with the Rangers um, having fans back in the in the stands, and I'm interested to see if the uh, disdain for the a uh, for the Astros is going to carry over into the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that uh, Altuve or Albuve is uh, already getting booed in spring training, um, but. That I mean, I'm planning on booing them when we go to an angel game. <laughs> they're gonna be oh, there. absolutely. I didn't get to say my That's piece. My commitment. <laughs> John speaking it into existence. No, we're booing. <laughs> um, but all that aside, they had a really interesting off season. Um, they are still projected to be first in the AL West with hmm. 89 and 73 wins. Um, okay. We are right behind them in that, which is great according to the projections. Um, but they they lost a couple of key players. They lost uh, Roberto Zuna to free agency. Um, Josh Reddick is gone. Springer, as we all know, went to Toronto. Um, he signed that big deal there. So um, you know, props to him for for that. And maybe that can be a fresh start for for him in Toronto. Um, I mean, right. with him and, and Vlad Jr., like that's going to be. A tough lineup. It's going to be a great team. Yeah. And I wonder if some of those players left because of the stink of 2017 I would. on them, right? Like, I'd get out of there. I think, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are going to go because you look at like, you mentioned Mike Fires, who is on the A's. Yeah. He was the one that kind of opened the trash can, right. lid, pun Hey-o! intended, on the situation <laughs> that happened. Thank you very much. I'm here all week. <laughs> and I think that he really got excluded from the anger and the vitriol that people felt. And I wonder if Springer leaving and Reddick leaving is actually a part of, of their decision-making was I I'm just done with this. I want to move on. I don't want to have this 
connected to my career. And so, and, and I would say, I think it's a great move. I think a fresh start, a great move, get out of town because you don't want to have that as your reputation. And I think Altuve and some of those guys, Correa are going to have that for the rest of their career. Exactly. And, and what's interesting, what'll be interesting to watch, I think, uh, Correa and Altuve, they might be in their last years, if I'm not mistaken, um, with okay. the Astros, but correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, this is also key, Mike, they lost Verlander to Tommy John. So he will not pitch this oh, season. That's right. So he will not be, there pitching. will be no, Ooh, that's there will be no Verlander this season. And I think that is, I don't know if this is being considered into the projections or not because, yes, I think the offense is still there because they kept Michael Brantley. They got him back. Uh, they kept Gurriel, which I think is another great move. But the pitching is really interesting. Um, they added some relief. They also uh, added Jason Castro, veteran catcher, who was with us uh, at the beginning of last season. Um, who we, I really liked. Yeah, I liked him too. And, and, and uh, you know, it was a good move to, to send him to San Diego, and, and it was great for them. But they, they have an interesting situation with their rotation. They added Jake Odorizzi. We had been talking about he, uh, they did. if the Angels would consider signing him, and I'm sure that there were talks about that. But you know what? I When, when the Astros signed Odorizzi, I did some, uh, I looked at the stats. He is not that different than an Alex Cobb or a Jose Quintana. Hmm. So I don't okay. think that we missed out on anything. I think that okay. for some reason there's there's name value with Odorizzi. But if you look at the history, it's very similar to a Jose Quintana. And I would hmm. say I'm more confident in a Quintana than an Odorizzi. So I don't think that there's anything lost there. The problem is, is now he's pitching against us. <laughs> right. And that's never fun. But they have Zach Greinke. Uh, is going to be you know their number one guy. They got Lance McCullers. Um, they have Jose Urquidy. Urquidy. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, yeah. They have uh, Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi, and then they have Christian Javier is projected to be the number five guy. Um, okay. But I'm looking at their last three, Mike, and the projections for those guys are all around four and a half uh, ERA. So um, hmm. I think that. You know, with our offense, with the Angels' offense, I think that this is going to be a chance for us to, I don't know, just show the rest of MLB like what we're made of. I think that a lot yeah. of people are sleeping on on the Angels, but you know, this is the West Watch. This is not a time to talk about the Angels. It's a time to talk about the other teams. But I just think right. it's important that we say, like, guys, don't sleep on the Angels this season. Like, we're excited, yeah. and there's and there's a lot to show why we're excited. There's a lot of reasons to be jazzed about this team. So. Um, that's kind of an overview of the Astros again, projected to win 89 games. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. They added, you know, some relief pitching that, uh, just kind of fills the holes of, of pitchers who have come and gone. So, um, that's it for the Astros. How about the Seattle Mariners, Mike? You know, I like the fact that they're projecting 89 wins because that means the West is easily winnable mm -hmm. by any of these teams. Mm -hmm. You get on a hot streak, you put a few season, a few series together and you have a potential to win win the West. The team that I think actually could be the most dangerous is the Mariners. Interesting. Tell and me as why. as I look at their roster, they have a lot of names that I don't recognize, like Dylan Moore and Evan White. But they do have a few names that I do recognize. I think everybody would recognize. Kyle Seeger, mm -hmm. who has been there for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then they re-signed James Paxson. He was in New York for a while. Yeah. And he has come back. Big, strong lefty. And he did really well in Seattle and then terrible in New York. Yeah. And so maybe... 
a change of scenery. It could be a Dylan Bundy situation for them. And he was, I think he's always been, I think he's always been a dominant starter when he actually is not hurt. And when he actually is out there every fifth day, right? Um, They have a lot of young players. Um, and from what I'm reading, according to scouts, they're really good players like Ty France, Mm -hmm. who is having a really great spring and they anticipate him to be in the lineup, whether he is a designated hitter or he is, is in the field. Um, and then of course, Kyle Lewis, who was last year's rookie of the year in the American league. I really like Kyle Lewis. I think that guy reminds me a lot of Mike Cameron. Mm -hmm. I think he reminds me of, of, uh, like a, maybe a lighter version of Ken Griffey Jr. Mm -hmm. in the outfield. He's just smooth. He's strong. And one thing that I've noticed about the Mariners, and I have a personal friend who has watched them for years, been a fan, is the Mariners are always, always streaky. Hmm. And so they traditionally start strong and then they fall apart in the end. And so my prediction is that they're going to be around 500, but it's going to be built on their start and not their finish. I think they're going to get off to a really great start but I think that they're going to get hit hard later in this season because they're a young team and we're going to find them dropping to maybe second or third in the AOS. But that would be my personal prediction. I think about a 500 record, 81 and 81, maybe 82 and 80. I think they're going to start off strong, but I don't think that they're going to finish strong. That's, that's really interesting because you know, the way that you described it it reminds me. So the sad thing about the Astros is this. I remember in 2015, when they were making a playoff push, yes, they're a division rival, but it was a young, fun, spark plug team that yeah. I was excited to see. And it was like, oh, the Astros might make it to the World Series? Like, right. I'm into that. Right. And um, yeah. so even though it wasn't the Angels, I was glad to see like a new, fresh team making it into the playoffs. And they were fun to watch. They were scrappy. They were young. Right. And um, it just that... Uh, that lack of veteran presence kind of uh, was was kind of the key to their loss in in the playoffs in 2015. Um, they were just young, and I think that's what intrigues me about the Mariners this season is that they're a young team. They're going to be fun to watch. Um, maybe not this season. Maybe next year they'll be on the verge mm-hmm. of of getting into those playoffs. But they're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be really dangerous, and we're going to be talking about them a lot. In the coming years, yep. I think that all those years of of uh, not not a lot of success are are finally paying off in terms of the talent that they have coming up. I don't want to give any credit to Jerry Depoto that I don't have to. Um, never, I would never speak such evils on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and you know, I know that there was a lot of controversy with their president and the things that he said. And I know that he's been yeah. dismissed. And I really hope yeah. that those sorts of attitudes and things don't affect the talent that they have. I think I think this team is going to be uh, a gnat. Yeah, team. I think it's going to be one of those teams where you're just like they won't go away like get out <laughs> a team of a here, team full of right? david fletchers <laughs> yes and and i think that they'll be they'll be fun to watch them play other teams right. <laughs> not play us right and so i hope they have a great year I, I really like what the west looks like i really like the 89 wins is the projection because again i think it's anybody's ball game and if they can put some solid series wins together i think any any team can really take the west in 2021. I agree. And bringing it all back to the angels and talking about our halos. Um, if you had to name superstars in the AL West, they're all on our team. 
It's Shohei Otani. Yeah. It's Anthony Rendon. Yeah. It's Mike Trout. Um, That's a good point. They're all on our team, and and yes, we don't have the we don't we didn't get Trevor Bauer. We don't have the stud starting pitching that a lot of people wanted, but. I think I think we're gonna be sneaky good, man. Um, and yep. those pit yep. those pitchers only need to be decent for us to go far this season. So, okay, Mike. Last thing for today, and I I really like this. We want to talk bold predictions. So go big, okay. Go bold. Pick a player, a stat, whatever you think needs to be said about the Angels this season. That 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 you're predicting a bold prediction. Make it happen. What do you got? Reed Detmers mm. is going to start significant games for the Angels this year. Wow. I think he's going to be one of those pitchers that we just can't ignore and we have to bring him into the starting rotation. Maybe we even have him be a middle reliever. Think Francisco Rodriguez, 2002, you couldn't ignore him, right? I think he's going to be one of those guys that you just have to get him in the starting rotation. Think of when the Tampa Bay Rays first went to the World Series and David Price, you couldn't ignore (laughs) him. They had to bring him up. They had to bring him in. That was Joe Madden's team, by the way. Yeah. (coughs) And I think Reed Detmers is going to be that guy. I think he's going to come up. He's going to pitch. And whether it be filling in for somebody who gets injured or filling in for somebody who is just not effective. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. I think Reed, <laughs> it's totally going to happen. And I think Reed has got the makeup of a strong ace, a strong starting pitcher. And the guy just looks like he knows what he's doing out there. He is not Patrick Sandoval. He is not Joe Adele. Yeah. He has got a swag, a vibe, a confidence about him. And so my bold prediction is Reed Detmers is going to be starting significant games for the Angels this season. What about you, John? I love it. Should I speak it into existence? Should I turn on the superpower? (laughs) Please do. Please do. Take take a deep breath. (sighs) Reed Detmers will start significant games this season John speaks it into existence (laughs) okay now for my bold prediction I want it to be a bold prediction I don't know if I want to speak it into existence because I don't know just a bold prediction for the record just a bold prediction the superpowers are turned (laughs) off at this point okay okay um but I'm gonna laugh and laugh and laugh if it comes true okay here it is are you ready I'm, I'm ready Okay. Albert Pujols. I knew it. Will be. I knew it. The player to be named later in, uh, the, De- in the Dexter Fowler trade. Oh. See, I thought you were going to give me a low blow and like put it, say he's going to have this incredible season. <laughs> and then you twisted it on me. That's why I wanted. That's why I was reeling you in. Named later. He goes back to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And he's able to play first base for them, or Mm -hmm. he can fill in, maybe even third, whatever it might be. He gets cheered. It's his last year. They celebrate him. John, I like this. You like that? I really like this. Um, He wants to retire with Yachty, and it's it's his, you know, they, they, did they sign him for one more year, or is this the last year on, on his contract he already has? They signed Yadier Molina for one more year. Okay, okay. So, yeah. I don't know, Mike. I don't know, Michael. I think uh, 
That would be an interesting I, baseball story. I think I think if I were you, I would turn the superpower back on because I think that actually <laughs> is a really a really good thing and that would be a really fascinating thing to see. And I know I've bagged on Albert and he's making me look bad this spring. At one point <laughs> he was seven for 13. Yeah. And so that's another thing that I wanted to turn the TV off when I saw him doing really well. Um, Getting RBIs. But I love that he's doing really, really well. And it's, it, it is a walk year and maybe that's going to be motivation for him. But if he gets traded back to St. Louis, that would be, that would be fantastic. And we, St. Louis is basically paying us to take Dexter Fowler off of their books. And I'm wondering if we would maybe do the same thing for the Cardinals and we would pay half of Albert's salary. Cause he's making like 30 million this year Yeah, yeah but, so to trade him back. I think the only thing that would actually get in the way of that is he does have a 10 year, uh, $1 million a year deal after he's finished. At least that's a part of his contract to be a representative for the angels. And so I don't know if he continues to play. I don't know what happens there, See, but that, I know that he signed that with them when he signed his big deal back in 2011. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing too because he's not sure if he's done yet. And I mean, right. I don't know how that 10-year 1 million thing factors into if he plays more. His wife thinks he's done. Right. And so my guess is that he's going to be done because the wife has spoken according to her Instagram. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, breaking news. Look, when when we finally got to play the NL East in, or I'm sorry, the Central in uh, 2019, and mm-hmm. Albert had that homecoming. I mean, it was beautiful. Standing ovation every at bat. Um, I think he he got like one hit the whole series. I could. He was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible, and uh, and uh, I think his hit. He was um, Albert. It came. It, his hit got an RBI, and the crowd even cheered that. So. Um, St. Louis loves him and I get it. Like they do. if, if, if another team had Mike Trout at the end of his career and it was possible that it wasn't going to play next season, I'd want them to do the same for us. I'd want I Mike so. Trout to come home for however many games we can get him. And right. I think that I think it would be an awesome move. So that's my bold prediction. I love it. I actually think it's a really good prediction and I would be really intrigued as to when it actually happens and maybe it happens at the trade deadline, but who knows, man, that could be a really big game changing decision for the Cardinals. Maybe they need an extra bat and they end up getting Albert. That would be an incredible baseball moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think it all hinges on the fact, how does Albert perform for us? You know, if if he's, if he's hitting high two hundreds in July, like then there's going to be a, Ooh, do we let him go? Not. <laughs> right. Wouldn't it be terrible if they ended up trading him away and then this when he's is the good. season that the Angels <laughs> the Angels like see him do really well, but wouldn't it be terrible if the Angels actually won the World Series oh, and without we traded him? him away? Like I think it would just it'd be great to see him do well and it'd be great to win the World Series and it'd be great to see him go to St. Louis as well. So that could be a really interesting dynamic this season. I'm going to pay close attention to that. I like that, John. That's yeah, good. Yeah, and if and if, if you know, of all of my of all of my speaking into existences have uh taken place so far this is the one that i would want to see for sure yeah so agreed we'll come back to this uh like you said maybe around the trade deadline um because that would be really really interesting so so hey before we go thanks for listening you guys we so appreciate it hey if you would take some time to maybe uh share us on your social media put a link to the podcast uh for your friends to find it um you know that you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts we will be there for you we are there (laughs) and so 
we we just so appreciate you guys listening. Um, check us out at Super Halo Brothers on Instagram, at Super Halo Brothers on Twitter. Um, you can find Mike and myself on Instagram and Twitter if you want to inter- interact with us. But uh, yeah, we uh, so very much appreciate you guys listening. And uh, to wrap things up, I will close it out with my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And I'm Mike, and that's my brother John. And we are the Super Halo Bros. Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you in the next one.